The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's David Tuttle and Astros master of banter, Blummer. You know, the macro micro stuff is hilarious. You know what fans want because the Astros have it, which is a world championship. That's it. They don't ultimately <laughs> care. They do like to have beers and go to the game, but you know, they that's what they want. And so, you know, I, the rule changes if that brings, you know, anyway, it, it's going to take a few truth, years to though. adjust. I know we're recording now, but it's going to take a few, few years to adjust. I mean, look at of NFL, right? It it's a salary, the salary cap driven league. They don't have guaranteed contracts like year to year. It's a it's a big shift, but they know now, like, all right, we're going to franchise tag this guy or we're going to do this or these are the priorities. You know, I mean, they're already talking about Joe Burrow's contract, about $50 million a year, because they don't want to wait till his year runs out. Like, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. they did that with Mahomes, too. Kind of like your yeah, fourth year and your fifth year. Right. You just you jump ahead like they do with all these guys. So, Well, they do. That was they, I mean, they, yeah, buy out your free agency or buy out your uh, – what are the, the rookie contracts yeah. that they have and that's stuff right. like that and just extend them past that. Especially when they know, that's yeah. what I mean, they know that they're the franchise quarterback, so maybe getting a year early. Speaking of that, mm-hmm. it was funny to see Trout and Bradley Cooper in Philadelphia just cheering along their Eagles stuff. Trout oh, looked man, better dude. in an Eagles jersey than he does in an Angels jersey. Dude, he looks like he like he, like his physique fits yeah. better on the football field than it does it the does. baseball field, man. Yeah. Well, He's I a, just meant that the You've Angels, seen him like, play. He's a yeah. beast, man. He's a monster, yeah, and fast. And I mean, he's you know he's the five tool guy. But you know what's weird yeah. about that too is uh, this morning at the gym somebody brought up you and I both went to the gym. That's good. They brought up the uh, Artie Moreno took the Angels off the uh, off the sales uh, stack, and um, somebody was saying ploy. that. Well, no, somebody said that's because they didn't have any takers. But what do you mean? What's the what's your what's your take on that? I don't get it. Why did he stop? Oh, he, he's just trying to get a you know get a feel for what how fans feel about him and how they feel about Otani. I mean, that's why. What if you what that. if you ended up buying that team? I mean, how do you not have suitors? If I buy that team, I'm signing Shohei Otani to a 50 year contract. Yeah, I, I think that'd be the easiest thing to do. Let's right? buy. It. Hey Marco, let's put some money Mark, together and let's do it. Buy Come the on. Angels. Let me see. What, let's let me use you know our what, blue wire cash to do it. Got, <laughs> you know what the first thing I would do? Oh, I got my W two from them. Uh, that was great. There, oh, look at you! He's ready to write some how, how much? How, how much you need? <laughs> That's hey. my boy. That's right. 
Hey, I mean, it's just a check. You can write whatever number you want on it. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna write a number on here and slide it across the table already. Yeah, it's it's gonna come back faster than it went over. But hey, whatever. Hey, whatever. What were you gonna say, Blummer? Come on. Oh, the first thing I would do, the first thing I would do, or the second thing I would do after signing Shohei Otani to like a 50 year contract, is uh, well, maybe the third thing I do. The second thing I do is buy the best doctors on the planet to keep him together. Yeah, healthy. In the, <laughs> and then, uh, um. I'm changing the name back to California or something. Oh, I'm with you, man. I, I'm not. I'm not. I hate yeah. the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim yeah. moniker, or whatever name. I totally I love agree. the California Angels. That's what yeah. I grew. Do you? I mean, you were a NorCal guy, but I grew up in Southern yeah. California. California Angels. Yeah, but it's just easier too. I mean, we yeah. talk about nicknames all the time. I don't know why this jumped into my head, but it's like you either go like TJ or you know, you know, Mikey or Blummer or Tuttle. Mm-hmm. I was Tut, saying we went yeah. around. Yeah, we had we had a new guy in the gym, and we go around the gym introducing ourselves. That's kind of the polite thing to do. Like, hey, we got a new guy in the gym. And you sure it's not an so, intervention? Yeah, whatever. It feels like it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Dude. But no, no, no. But I mean, just like you, you go by Blummer. I've I've been going by Tuttle in that gym for like mm-hmm. eight years, right? And then you go around and the, and you know it's a new person, so you want to be more formal. It's like, hey, I'm David. And everyone in the class looks at me like, David? I didn't know your name was David. Like, anyway, this, like, <laughs> I thought you were Tuttle. Anyway, so, but to your point, like, California you Angels just like easy. A David. There, there you go. It's just easy, though, right? Like, nobody calls you Jeff. I mean, you introduce yourself oh, as man. Jeff and Jeff Blum, but every, you're Blummer. You're Blummer to every guy you played with. You're probably barely Blummer to your family. You're like, hey, hey, honey, <laughs> get over here. Yeah, she screams Blummer in the night. Yeah, there you go. Hey, hey. Sorry. Your brother, your brother and you do not probably call your Greg and Jeff. It doesn't, I don't know. It just doesn't, it just doesn't well, fly. You know it's so funny? all the way if back to California have, Angels, yeah. that's easy. Los Angeles Angels. I mean, even Raiders fans can say Vegas Raiders now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they were diehard Oakland or, but it's Vegas. Like, just yeah. make it easy. Make it easy. It the Los Angeles works, Angels of Anaheim is ridiculous. Oh, dear God. Yeah, and try putting that on like, I mean, your letterhead's got to look ridiculous. It's about a mile long. Just put, I mean, take over the state. Just say California Angels. I mean, there's four There's four teams in California. You could say, we are the California Angels. Because I know that, uh, you know, people down here, when they hear Texas Rangers, they're like, mm-hmm. they're not, what? They're not repping yeah. Texas. You know, yeah. it's, it just doesn't, it doesn't fit. But I mean, I don't know who you'd call them, Arlington Rangers. Yeah. Like that would actually fit. Right. But they say Texas because they don't want to claim Arlington. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's probably Whoa. why. That's funny. Hey. Well, they they say just, Texas about, too because they don't does, want to claim South Oklahoma. How, I was going to say, how does this sound? Oklahoma Rangers. Does that sound good? <laughs> My boy <laughs> you take the all South over it. out of it. No, just because you guys get all on, ornery, so ornery about that. But I oh. will say, Texas Rangers is easier. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Give them that. Right? Like, I mean, you know, Houston's obviously Texans team, especially from baseball perspective. But gosh, I mean. Texas Rangers is so easy. It rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I mean, that's I why Seattle, right? How about Seattle Mariners? That's the Washington Mariners. They have the whole state to themselves, but they go by the easiest name, the easiest moniker, mm-hmm. something you can logo. I mean, the California Angels, like you said, with Doug DeCincy and oh, you know, Brian all Downing, those guys. Gary Pettis. That's right. All the guys you grew up with. That's the California Angels. And maybe that's why you couldn't sell it. They're like, can we change a name back before you sell it? And you're like, no. Yeah, we, like the stipulation was to keep L.A. on it. Yeah, that'd be crazy. I don't know, what I'm if kidding. it was? Like, that's actually, no. that's interesting. 
They're stipulated. Contracts are stupid. We know that. Yeah. DBA doing business as. No. (laughs) We're the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim doing business as CA. California. Yeah, yeah, you could do, yeah. You could do like third ward Astros, fifth ward Astros. What's right, Ram hey, Shirts? What's uh, Ram Shirts? Where are you located now? Are you like in South Spring Branch of the Fifth uh, Ward, or I am technically in Houston. Thank you very much. That a baby. You did that on purpose, though. That's right. You yeah. love Houston. That's, that, that's what I love about. We're talking about names, Houston Astros. I think if you change the name of the Houston Astros to the Texas Astros, they'd probably lose their minds. They're like, dude, we're Houston. Yeah. We are. And then uh, Ramos would jump in and go, "Who's house?" <laughs> Goose house. Uh, that's the <laughs> UH. The uh, you know it's funny, Blummer. You lived out here for a long time. The last zip code of Laguna Beach is on the toll road there between the toll road and the 133. It's a mm. group of condos on the east side of the toll road, and that's the last Laguna Beach zip code. And people would like there was like fist fights out there buying those condos because <laughs> they're reasonably inexpensive, but they want the zip code. So I think I mean that just speaks to what you're talking about. Like Houston is Houston. You know, whether you live in, like you said, the Fifth Ward or Katy or wherever else, like you want that zip code. It means something to a lot of people. So it does. Hey, so let's jump into uh, how terrible we were at picking the uh, two teams for the Super Bowl. Hey, dude, this is a baseball podcast. You can't rag on us. Right. <laughs> so oh, that's good. right. So oh, good. yeah, we, we suck. We used to be really good at that. Now, so we both got <laughs> here's here is the thing, and fans will laugh at this, but. I mean, the Niners-Eagles uh, game. I know, but the Niners-Eagles game was a joke seven minutes in. Once Purdy got hurt and they couldn't, I mean, you know what I mean? It it, it does How? show you the value of a quarterback position because Josh Johnson, yes. and we can, I mean, we can get into the meat of it, but Josh Johnson was, it was 14 to seven. The defense was on fire. They got the ball back and it was at the 30-yard line, and we're like, all right, if the Niners, because it's the old, like, if they can get a field goal here or no score, it's 14-7, to they're getting the kickoff, you know, in the second half. Like, 14-7 to at halftime is decent, and he fumbles the snap, and it's 21-7, and all of a sudden you're like, uh-oh. And, and you know, and Purdy couldn't throw. But now I guess the big bigger question is it was unfortunate because whether you're a Niners fan or an Eagles fan, I think – I don't oh. know. You could speak to this. I think the Eagles would have liked to beat the Niners at the best at their best. I know that's kind of a uh, you take it any way you can get it, and they earned it in in the, in the sense that the injuries weren't like fluke injuries. Like they earned it by manhandling the uh, you know the offensive line initially. But you know you kind of want to play them at their best. And um, now the question is: Is Purdy with his uh, UCL? He's got a slight tear. They said six months. If that thing is snapped, then it's about an eighteen-month rehab. Yeah. And now the Tom Brady rumors start. So, I mean, we can get into the other game. I just Jimmy wanted Garoppolo to know. Can't get rid of that guy. I know that's right. But I really thought the game was going to be fantastic. The way it started Dude. out, it was great. And it just obviously it fizzled. Even if you're an Eagle fan, I thought the game was a fizzler. There was really a lot to unpack with the NFL. And I know that we talk a lot about a ba- about baseball here on the Bleacher Blums, but this may be your football podcast. And this is purely from Tuttle and I sitting on your couch at your house watching these games and having a couple of pops. Because, you know, as much fandom as we have, we can get inside the head and talk some of the stra- strategery of the, of the games. But a lot of the emotion in that first game disappeared as soon as Purdy came out of that game. Because I kind of had 
I, I had envisioned that being a very, very good game because the defenses are so good. And I don't want to take anything away from Jalen Hurts um, and the Eagles' ability to run their offensive line because they were still playing against the number one defense. Yeah, they had to go up there and put up points against the defense. But granted, you know the the Niners' defense was covering about 30, 40 yards instead of trying to cover the whole field yeah. because field position became an issue. But dude, I'm watching that game and I'm like, all right, let's go. Come on, Niners, let's see if we can beat up on the Phillies and or Phillies, the <laughs> Eagles. And dude, Pur- Purdy goes down, and then we're watching Joey Bosa get leg whipped on the sidelines and I'm sitting there all of a sudden I thought I was watching like a, a Monty Python version of football because I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, there's a fight going on right now. And this guy's lost both arms and a leg and he's still <laughs> trying to fight. And he's like, it's just a mere flesh wound. And you know, the, come the back Niners, here, come back here. It's a flesh wound. It's only you a cowards. <laughs> so that's kind of the impression I got because the Niners just kept, every time they had an idea of trying to fight back, something would happen. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, Go ahead, dude. Jump in. No, I no. You're right. I was just going to add to what you said, which is, I mean, Fred Warner has become one of my favorite players. He's a beast. Mm. He went out on the first play on a tackle. He was out, and I'm like, oh my god, he's got to come back in. He went into the blue tent. Purdy went into the blue tent. Bosa went into the blue tent. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. You could see he got a stinger right away because that was his. These guys are trained. It was like Bill Cosby. Damn near killed he put him. his he put his head right into his thigh, and you could see him. And he grabbed his shoulder right away. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna grab my shoulder." All right, so let me. You know, it's probably a stinger, but yeah, he froze up. He's like, "All right," but but I you're right. About that. I mean, that was a big one yeah, too. Because that, that was like the like second the play of the game. Offense, I mean, defense. You're going what the. Yeah. So, but let's, let's give, you know, we were talking about South Oklahoma earlier and we're not Cowboys fans here, but Mm -mm. it does, as you have biases, I do like the Niners, you're hoping the game is equal on equal footing. It gives a little credence to the Pollard thing, right? Pollard went out with his broken ankle against the Niners and they're talking about how, you know, maybe it affected the game or it didn't, but that the, you know, Niners earned it. I mean, Mm. we, we should give a little credit to your point. The Eagles, if the guys like blew out their knees, like you know, running side to side or non-cocked contact injury, then that's fine. But when you, you know, when Hassan Reddick comes untouched against God, the quarterback, dude. Like, dude, the guy was all over the field. Like, get that guy off the field, number seven. I was gonna say anyway. there was like there were five number sevens on the front line. It felt yeah, like yeah. coming off the, you know, coming off the the line for the Eagles. I was that was yeah. mind blowing. Yeah. So the dumb and dumber line works, which is you're saying there's a chance when it was fourteen to seven. You know, we were watching the game, and I'm like, they have a chance. And then the fumble there, and then the touchdown right before half, and you're like, hey, and dude. then they can't throw. It was like, did, did you know Josh Johnson was their backup quarterback when the game started? I did. Yeah, I did. You did? I, I did. had no idea. Josh yeah. Johnson came in, and I'm like, wait, he's still in the league? Did you know? 15 years in the league? Yeah. yeah. That's impressive. Dude, that- that guy's a nicer house than you and me put together. You're like, dude, 15 years of backup quarterback, that's seven figures for 15 yeah, come talk years. To me. Come talk to me when that pension kicks in, big boy. Yeah. I'm I'm, no, he'll get a pension too. I'm just Jeez, telling you. I mean, guy, he's man. killing Backup it. quarterback is a, the greatest job on the planet. I totally agree. And especially Minshew got in there. Oh, Chad Henney's in that group. And Chad mm. Henney led a 97-yard touchdown drive. That guy's like... He's that locked and loaded. You know who else is? Drew Brees' backup, who's now... Is oh, he yeah. Jameis? Oh, no. No, no. no Foles? No, the guy, uh, he played at Purdue, I think. No, that was Brees that played at Purdue. 
I'll think of it. He's a little guy. And he's and he, he where is he now? Oh man, where Doug is he Flutie? now? We'll have to think of it. Nope. I'll think Doug Flutie. Now you're just <laughs> you said little All right. guy. I was like, <laughs> I'll think of it. I'll think of it. He got the starting job in um he got the starting job in Green Bay that one year. Or was he going to start? Yeah. Oh, no. Anyway, I'll come up with it. Sorry, folks. All right. So let's jump to the Chiefs and uh, Bill. Uh, Chiefs and Bills. That was a couple weeks ago. Sorry. Let's jump to the Bengals <laughs> and the Chiefs. And you tell We're me awesome. what you thought about that game. And I'll look up my uh, my backup quarterback. Um, the, chief, the Chiefs and Bengals was interesting. I, our house is a Joe Burrow house. And I yeah. think that uh, I, with by saying that's just because that, you have four daughters. Well, that that's like, what I was going to say. That whole, you keep Burrow. hearing it nowadays. It's like tell tell me you're a father of girls without telling me you're a father of girls. Okay, we oh, were cheering for Joe Burrow. That's why. Yeah. So so Joe Cool. Um, did you happen to see? I don't know what the mayor of Cincinnati or whatever he was talking yeah. trash. Yeah, an and not yeah, what a knucklehead. Yeah, I mean yeah. the trash talking actually took over part of that game, but um, it was interesting to me. To watch the so we had all the injuries in the first game. The second game, I was blown away, and this is where uh, I think a lot of people. I even heard uh, Pat McAfee talking about this. When I start hearing, you and I can talk about it all we want because I talked about it. We we pretend we're sitting on the couch, hanging out, having mm-hmm. a couple of pops. We can bitch and moan about teams that we like, don't like, why we don't like them. But when I was watching that game. Just as a fan, I was like, keep the freaking flags in your pocket. Yeah. Flags started flying, and then there was that one particular third and nine that happened to the Chiefs. And the clock management, the issues with yeah. that, the flags, the refs running all over the place. And that's when I kind of sat back and I went, it's, it's happening. It yeah. felt like it was happening. Somebody is shitting on the the Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. And you could see the frustration. Who is it? Zach Taylor? The or, or yeah, what's, Zach uh, Taylor. Yep, no, you T- Taylor, it. the yeah. head coach, yep. who I absolutely love, and I think he's, he's really great. underrated. I agree, but you, I thought that dude's head was going to pop off. He's like, "What yeah. are you doing to me?" They had yeah. third and nine three times. Yeah, it was unbelievable to me. And then you go back to the Eagles game. How about the Devonte Smith catch? No catch. Yeah. yeah, that was another thing that kind of blew me away. Yeah, here's the thing, and I try not to get the caught officiating up in the- is gone to hell, man. Well, so we we. We've said this a bunch on the podcast and very consistent with baseball. We know folks that tune in for the baseball uh, listening today is a pretty football-heavy podcast. But I always ask, even when I play pickup basketball at our you know, YMCA, for consistency. Like the ref typically do not have it out for you, right? The umpire doesn't have it out for you. Some do. We can get into some scenarios like that. But most of them, you just want consistency. So st- statistics here, you always throw out numbers. So yeah. the – the Eagles had seven first downs on Niners penalties, seven first downs on Niners penalties. Now, some of those at the end with Trent Williams throwing the guy down and like the late hit out of bounds, those, you know, it was already 28 to whatever. It was 24 to seven or 28 to seven, 31 to seven at that point. But the penalties early in the game, like you said, the Devontae Smith catch, Devonta Smith catch, and then a couple like, like, you know, five yard penalty or whatever. I agree with you, but I'm not 
I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't believe you are either. I just want consistency. So if Pat Mahomes is going to get that penalty at the end of the game, which he deserved, he was two feet out of bounds. That was a terrible. Then Joe Burrow got lit up on a pass. They showed that a bunch of times. He got (laughs) smoked. Then just pull the flag out and throw it there too. And then as a fan, you're like, look, that's fine. You know, I'm totally Mm -hmm. fine with that. So just be consistent. So let's, let's make sure we're not planning the conspiracy flag, but I agree with you. I don't, Sometimes this happens in the NBA. This is like homerdom, you know, when the mm-hmm. when the crowd like, you know, when the crowd sees something and there's some elevation of noise, it's kind of like, ooh, you know, maybe it, that was a penalty. So, I don't know what you think about it, but I just asked for consistency. I yeah. saw a little lack of consistency, especially when the games were in um, you know, were in the balance. No, I thought that that's very true. And you know what? That's one of the I mean, it's one of the harsh realities of having humans as referees. Now, going back to what I said about Pat McAfee, when I start hearing ex-NFL players and analysts start saying something about the refereeing, then I'm kind of like perked up. I'm like, wait a minute, if they're seeing it too, because they're going to have a little more of a, a an un- I believe, an unbiased view, because that's how I feel about Major League umpires. I mean, if you suck, I'm going to tell you suck. If you're great, I'm going to say you had a great game. But, you know, when you start to have like locals kind of chime in a little bit, you're going... Maybe I am. Maybe I'm right about this, or maybe there is something going on. But the the fact that you you have these humans calling games, and I think there was something else that was said um, that there were non there were non regular season games, like there were part time referees in those games. And I don't understand how you don't have full time dedicated referees, line judges, whatever they are, full time employees of refereeing on the field during a championship game. If that's true, that that blows my mind. I don't understand why you'd give the part-timer an opportunity. Yeah, I don't think it's part-timer. I think there's only a few full-time like staff guys. A lot of them are ex-lawyers. So I don't know if they're part-timers. The the I think what you're referencing, and maybe you can clarify this part-time or not, but what you're referencing is they don't do an all-star crew. They do mm-hmm. all-star guys. And what mm-hmm. they were saying is there's a lack of continuity. Like, I haven't worked with you all year, Blum, and you're Thank the you. back judge. It, th- yes, and this so, is exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So so now I'm the head ref, but I've got you know Mike over here who I work with all the time, but then I got Blummer over there. I haven't seen him all year. Like I saw him at the referee conference and you know, before mm-hmm. the season started. I haven't seen you yet. So how do we work? Do we work, you know, do you call things tightly? Is this how we do we work together? And I think that was the biggest gripe is now they're doing all-star crews uh for the for the game. But you know, in football, I, I don't know. I mean, umpiring's different because it's kind of individual anyway, but I think they keep those crews together. It, it, how do they do baseball? It's all-star guys also, isn't it? It is. It's all-star guys, but I mean, throughout yeah. the course of their career, they've worked together, which I'm sure some of these crews have in the NFL, yeah. but yeah. in baseball, you don't need the communication That's right. between each umpire. You're going to have right. those moments where you got to get together and kind of huddle up and say, did you see that ball yeah. foul? Did you see that ball out of the park? You know, And then, yeah. you, and then you go to the video replay. But to your point, it really felt like there was no, the communication was not there. The head ref was, you know, listening to this, listening to that, looking mm-hmm. at that guy and the inconsistency. But there's a certain rhythm to your crew, I would imagine, as a referee where the play's called. You tell me, you know, we're, we got headsets, we're talking to each other and we right. lay it down or we have the conversation. We pick up the flag and keep playing. But there was yeah. that game was the Chiefs Bengals game was so was such a roller coaster ride. Yeah. That I hate the fact, and you know this as well, when the umpires or referees become part of the conversation, they're not good. That's right. 
it, it it ruins the continuity of the game and the flow, and I think the players would agree with that, even if the Chiefs got yeah. the call. What I do find interesting is typically sportsmanship kind of r- rises to the level at the end, like, you know, with guys guys respecting the other team. You see a lot of good handshakes. You know, we know in the NHL they do the, the you know, you beat the crap out of each other for six games, and then, you, <laughs> you know, you shake hands with everybody, and you do respect those guys. I was a little... Um, Taken aback is the wrong word. You mentioned the mayor of Cincinnati called it, uh, you know, Burrowhead Stadium instead of Arrowhead Stadium. And I think that, you know, that rankled a lot of people. But it was interesting to see Kelsey and Mahomes going, this is Arrowhead. This is Arrowhead. I was like, wow, that stuff doesn't usually come out of the locker room. And I thought that was really, you know, usually you're rejoicing in the task you accomplish. And I I will say this, that that's going to be a rivalry. Chris Jones handled the best, which is before the game, they asked him about this rivalry. And he said, this ain't a rivalry. We haven't beat them in four games. And I do think, you know, I haven't heard much of the scuttlebutt after whether Joe Burrow said, look, we didn't talk any smack or, you know, that the mayor should keep his mouth shut or anything like that. But I was surprised that Kelsey, they were relishing in the moment, but also, you know, relishing in the moment to, you know, twist the knife a little bit harder than mm-hmm. they would. And maybe that's just like you said, when you get the mayor involved and you get the fans involved, that's that's what happens. But, uh, you know, the Chiefs did not dominate that game. And you go back to what you just said, the penalties and stuff. The Bengals are for real. I like Zach Taylor. I like Joe Burrow. I mean, how can you not like Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid? I, I would yep. like to see those guys go at it two or three times a year. I'm all for it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then, of course, you got to feel for uh, for our buddy Osai, the, the penalty at the end, just because he was so distraught. I mean, somebody brings this up, and you know this. It's so, you know, fans like, how come, you know, he can't throw strikes in this situation? Or how come he can't do this? You know, oh, he struck out. He's batting 180 in the playoffs. It's like you're seeing the best of the best. The guy's 250 pounds. He's running a 4-4 over to the sideline. He's got his head down, you know, and he – you know, he he admits it's a mistake, but you just you see that, and it's like, oh man! But I mean, they were basically that penalty away from going to overtime, and you go to overtime with the Bengals, and the game, the outcome was certainly certainly not determined at that point. And so you feel for the guy, but you also know this is going to be a rivalry that we're going to watch for a while because the two young quarterbacks are fantastic. Oh my gosh, yeah, and I love the idea of the rivalry because those quarterbacks are so good. You know, it kind of it's reminiscent of like Elway, Marino, Montana, some of those big quarterbacks and the rivalries that were created back then. You know, the Troy Aikmans against Steve Young. You know, and some of those rivalries. Yeah. Um, so I love the fact that that's been created. And I, you know, Patrick Mahomes tried to take the high road in his post game interview, and then Kelsey came running over and was like, "This ain't Burrowhead." And I was like, "Holy cow! <laughs> yeah. He let that in there, didn't he?" Yeah, so they that, don't usually that, do that, right? Yeah, like, it kind of surprised me. I was, I, I mean, especially when you're one and three now against him. I mean, yes, you beat him to go to the Super Bowl, but at the same yeah. time, he still kind of smoked you, the, you know, the yeah. three previous times. And it's also kind of, I think the rivalry's uh, great because it kind of establishes itself because of winning by three points. You know, every game has been decided by three points. So that kind of adds to the rivalry. Can Cincinnati draft or find an offensive line for the love of all that is holy in the NFL? Joe Burrow. They spent the whole offseason. I know. They spent the whole offseason working on it, and then they had some injuries. And, you know, it's a very fluid situation, my friend. Yeah. So that was interesting. Protect Burrow at all costs. And then, like you said, the Osai – Football is such a fascinating game to me uh, mentally and emotionally because you've got to be cerebral enough to know the plays, make the plays, anticipate the plays, 
But at the same time, you're writing so much on emotion and passion that I think to your point with Osai, he was like, this is, we need to stop him right here. We got to stop this. I got to get, I've got to get Mahomes out of bounds. There was nobody over there and he's running on one leg. I got to get him. I got to get him. And then just the inertia and impact and passion of the play just forced him to push him out of bounds. And then he almost broke his leg. You know, the whole thing was just yeah. insane. Yeah, well. But I felt for him after that because I know that, you know, if he could have slowed things down a little bit and obviously post game, he kind of went, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. But I mean, how do yeah. you control that in the moment of the game? That's what, that's, what's fascinating about football for me is that there's so much intensity on every single play yeah. that how do you control that and recognize, okay, he's two steps into the, into the white and the, and the out of bounds. And I've got to pull back everything. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the cerebral nature. I mean, this is like, these guys are supposed to be thoughtful and read this you know read the formations and figure it all out mm -hmm. and then there it's violence you know and i i said this about the targeting rule in college i just i don't understand i mean i get it if the guy lights a guy up and he's not whatever but when you're running at a guy and he's running at you and he ducks lower and your helmet is you know you're going in with your shoulder and he puts his helmet on your helmet and now you get kicked out of the game i just I just right. don't see how that's, you know, something that, you know, is easy to control. And and I do, I do feel for Osai, but, you know, I think the outcomes were the outcomes, right? We all, you know, yeah. <laughs> you play to win the game and those teams won the game and we can't blame the refs. But I will say, I guarantee there's some deeper thought about how they're going to ref those games and the referee should not be the, be the conversation um, and we've done that with the umpires before as well, but they, they, they just shouldn't be the conversation. And I think mm -hmm. consistency is all I ever ask for. Let's be consistent out there. And maybe the lack of consistency we can attribute to the fact that these crews haven't worked together. And that, that was frustrating as a fan. I didn't think the games were as, were as awesome as they could be, but whatever. Yeah, hopefully the Super Bowl makes up for that. I, I could care less about Rihanna playing in the halftime. I know that's probably going to come as a shock. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. All right, who's? how about this? We we did so well picking the Niners and the Bengals oh, to go to God. the Super gonna, Bowl. We have to do this again? Let's, We're just going to end up punching ourselves in the throat next week. <laughs> All right, or I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say two weeks. I'm gonna go Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles win the Super Bowl. God, I, I just can't. Can we just? I mean, how about? Can we just have Philly lose in the in the final series game of the year in in uh, both these major in both sports? sports. There you go. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't checked to see how the Philadelphia Flyers are doing, but uh, yeah. I mean, if they get to the Stanley Cup and lose, I mean, how much can a yeah. city take? That's right. um, I do <laughs> love the fact. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> I think their MLS team got to the uh, the playoffs too and ended oh, up yeah. losing. So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot going on in Philadelphia. They're doing really well, but uh, man, I love Jalen Hurts. I love their defense. is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I'm a big Devonta Devonte Devonta. I don't know. I think it's Devonta Smith, but Devonta Smith. I yeah, think he's great. With an out a, of I don't know how he pronounces it. Um, you know, there, there are certain things to like, but man, I just can't, I can't get behind Philly for whatever reason. I don't know if it's, you know, we're going to see 38 shots of, I do. He's my boy, man. All right. You uh, go Mahomes. I'll go Eagles. I got it. I got one for you. Here's my prediction. Ready? Yeah. A a Kelsey is going to win the Super Bowl this year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny you bring that up because there's two really cool things that are coming out of this. Uh, yeah. Super Bowl is the fact that the Kelsey brothers are going to be playing against each other, which I yeah. think is fantastic. How um, are family you know, dinners after that? Whoever dude, got like, hey, buddy, hey. dude. There's no. I guess way they both if, already have a ring, don't they? Yeah, they both already have one. So yeah, they right? do. But so at the same time, that makes I mean, it this, even when you play against each other, I mean, that's when you're like, oh, that's yeah. bragging rights. I mean, right now <laughs> you're out awesome. in the backyard, you know, you know, nose to yeah. nose, just screaming at each other, and somebody's going to sit down at Thanksgiving or. You know, Fourth oh, of July yeah. in the summer, and slam down the L- yeah. Lombardi Trophy and be like, "Yep, that's right." <laughs> you know? Yep, I know. So but that's that, cool. that part's great. So Kelsey's going to win it. Yeah, yeah. Kelsey's. Well, that, we we are. Can I make a bet on that? Can I? Can you place <laughs> that bet in Vegas for me? A Kelsey yeah, is would, going to raise the trophy. That's right. Um, but also having two African American quarterbacks, I think that's pretty cool yeah. too. I mean, these guys yeah, are legit. They're great. It shows the progression of the NFL. Um, yeah. I'm a. I like Jalen Hurts a lot. I yeah, think he's a very, very. Even though he's going to the Super Bowl, I think he's finally getting the recognition of yeah. of being a very good quarterback. But Mahomes, yeah. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I don't know if their defense can can stand up as long as they did, but right. uh, yeah, well, I'll take the Chiefs. I don't know if we have anything riding on this, or we can talk about it next yeah. week. But uh, we can talk about it. Hey, here's yeah. here's a thought, and I and I do like. I mean, I always try and diffuse the African American, you know, quarterback thing. But you know, we talked last week about Dana Brown and Dusty Baker being the first uh, manager and GM, yeah. both African American. It shouldn't be baseball. shocking. We it shouldn't be. And you know, they were talking about Doug Williams, obviously the first you know quarterback in the Super Bowl win MVP. You mm-hmm. know, uh, as an African American quarterback, it's like, I mean, the sport. <laughs> Sports are sports, and the best players are the best players. And I, I do think yeah. forget uh, forget the fact that uh, Jalen Hurts, um, you know, is having a fantastic year, and he's an awesome quarterback. But you know, when he went to Alabama, he was recruited by Saban. You know, he's the son of a coach. He's a you know a humble guy and a fantastic quarterback. And as a matter of fact, stayed a year behind Tua Tonga Vailoa when he earned the starting job. Yeah. Then he transferred to Oklahoma and just kept working and just kept working. And those are the examples we talked about, you know, baseball players grinding it out. I mean, you don't it's hear as much call. about that aspect. We want to laud the superstars. I mean, Joe Burrow, superstar. Pat Mahomes, superstar. Aaron Rodgers, superstar. But, you know, Tom Brady was kind of a, you know, underdog for a long time. And, you know, now he's lauded as the GOAT. But I do think I respect and I – um admire much more somebody you know brock purdy is kind of in that mold right i mean he's gonna get credit Mm -hmm. because he's on the stage now but the way they got there and the way they work is you know i mean jalen hurts was not a top pick as a quarterback he had to transfer after tonga vailoa took his job he just kept working and just kept working last year they were uncertain like we like what he's doing but we're not sure if he's going to take the next step this year he took the next step and he deserves all the credit and you know again i think it's a fantastic story 
And then on the other side, obviously, Mahomes, the son of <laughs> a, a Major League Baseball player, and he kind of knew from a young age that he was, you know, a fantastic mm-hmm. athlete. But I do think, um, you know, hopefully in a couple of years when, you know, most of the players are African-American anyway, and two quarterbacks being African-American is just going to yeah. be not even part of the conversation no, oh, you nailed Jalen Hurts. That was great, uh, given some of that backstory for some of the fans that are watching. He's also a Houstonian, likes the Astros, so that's another reason to like Jalen Hurts. But I, I, I love the story of Jalen Hurts, who kind of was good enough but kept getting kind of pushed to the side but found his own niche and created an opportunity for himself to get to the Super Bowl, which is fantastic. Um, that's a lot of football talk. Um, I want to I want to give Tuttle props. I don't know if you can see it at home, but he is wearing – you got the dude sweater on. Dude, you got me. You got the gray version of the dude sweater. I've got to give you props on that because (laughs) I've got the the tan version, but I've also got to give you a little bit of love because I'm wearing, how do you pronounce Vori? Vori? Yeah, Vori, buddy. Yeah, Vori. Vori. I've got a couple of their sweatshirts now that I absolutely love, and my wife touches me more because I'm wearing them. Yeah. Those are soft, but you look good. Remember, somebody said, somebody said wearing Vori is like, uh, what are they saying? It's like, uh, it's like drowning yourself in Barry White's voice or dressing yourself Ooh. in Barry White's voice or something. I was like, I don't I like know. There's it. a lot of funny it's like stuff. Butter. It. It's like butter. Yeah, it's for sure the new <laughs> Lululemon. And I'm telling you, we're getting in a more casual world anyway, but I don't I don't even wear jeans anymore. It's like Vori has know, sweatpants right? you can wear around the house all day or on a Zoom call. And then when you actually go out in the real world, just get there like the Vori like dress pants or you know, it's yeah, you're it's good the to best. go, man. The best life. Yeah, we got to work on a sponsorship there. So um, the guy that I was trying to reference earlier, Chase Daniel, you'll remember that guy. Oh, now he's the Chargers right. backup. Dude, He, how mm-hmm. much money has – I mean, we should start doing Quite that. How much money has Josh Johnson made or Chase Daniel made in the NFL? Yeah, let's go back up quarterback about, of the week. Yeah, $2 million a year probably <laughs> for eight years, 10 years. Like that's a pretty good – it's a pretty yeah, good Josh take Johnson, home. I mean, yeah, you're right. He's going to be the guy that like drops off his kids at like the private school and they're mm-hmm. going – Man, who the heck is that guy rolling up in the Bentley? And he's going to go, yeah, Josh Johnson, 15 years in the NFL. Yep. (laughs) And you know what's funny? Josh Johnson, I mean, we we don't have to finish with a Josh Johnson take, but he didn't play that poorly. Like that drop was a big deal, but he was kind of, you know, he completed a pass and they were starting to kind of accelerate the offense a little bit. And uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know, you got to imagine – they were oh. saying because Brock Purdy is a young quarterback, they give him most of the reps for the playoff game, right? So Josh Johnson mm-hmm. probably took five snaps with the offense all week long. And they're like, all right, most important game of the year, you're out there. I just, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's insane to me. I mean, that's a yeah. whole nother aspect of like playoff yeah. sports it is. is, you know, the, the Robert Ories or, you know, some of these guys I'm trying to think in the past that just all of a sudden just kind of burst onto the scene and had their opportunity on that biggest stage and they end up making the shot or getting the hit or, you know, yeah. throwing the pass. I mean, much like Tom Brady, when he first got his uh, Super Bowl, he comes in for Drew Bledsoe, yeah. you know, and you're like, who the hell is this guy? And all of a sudden you're like, damn, you know, yeah. 25 years later, he's got six or seven Super Bowls and he's being arguably the, the greatest player of all time. So yeah. it's kind of crazy how that works out. It'd be great to see a, a Purdy turn into something like that just because the story would be so great. And we're seeing kind of Tom Brady phase out a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you can't put that on Josh Johnson. That's, that's just too much. You wish he would have done more because it was part of me. I don't know how you feel about it. I'm like, come on, dude, come on. You got this. Do this. Shock the world. You know, something like that. 
No, I was like that. I guess we were both rooting for the Niners for the most part. So yeah. Um. So let's. Do we have a baseball story at all? We talked about a few things before, and why don't we end no. with like some sort of nugget from baseball? Is there nothing? Nothing. Well, to talk down about? down here, it's it's Joe Kelly. Ooh. I can't stand this guy. He had a comment where back in 2020, they're like, you know, if you if would you have waited in the lobby to try and fight the Astros? He's like, yeah, of course I would have. Well, duh, yeah, three years later, I would have waited down there too. You know, it's like, I don't know. These stories like this drive me nuts because it's the woulda, shoulda, coulda stuff. That doesn't mean anything. You didn't do it, so don't say you woulda because you didn't. So I I, I don't know. That's the only thing that's going on down here. As far as everything else, this is the last day of January, bro. We're into, oh, nice. we're getting into February and we're 15, 20 days away from having everybody report. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, and I'm planning on coming to Houston in March. So we got to figure that out. So tell Boo me, uh, freaking yeah, bring yeah, your so sticks. When, yeah. All right. What's your first game, uh, that you're calling in spring training Did that March? Oh yeah. I think it's official. No, I'm actually, oh. I, I got my, okay. So I'm trying to look at my schedule, but February 25th, it. I will be in spring training from February 24th. March 2nd, we will be calling the game on TV 25th, 26th, 27th, I think, or 28th, and then I will actually be on radio March 1st and 2nd, and I will actually be hosting an Astroline while I'm down there in Duffy's Sports Bar in West Palm Beach, which obviously lends itself to some libations and good conversation. But Are you I allowed, do back. they bring you beer when you're hosting Astro Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, oh okay, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was the same way when they had it. At, when, whenever we host Astro Line at a bar, whether it be Pluckers, you know, yeah. in uh, Houston or at Duffy's while they're in spring training, yes, yes, it's, uh, it's free beer, and that is me. Nice. I'm in it. Well, that's good. It you know loosens loosens the lips. You just got to be careful about what you're asking. The, asking those guys don't want to go too yeah. far off. Um, so those games, numerical roster, right? Like one through ninety nine. You got to. Oh gotta, yeah. You got to be on non roster invitees. Yeah. The first three games, those are those are the tough ones. You know this as well as I do. You're going to get the guys just, like I, the regular. I wore number 87. My first big oh, league camp, dude. I was number 87, brother. I was number 83. We should actually oh. save some of the spring training talk for <laughs> next next podcast because yeah. uh, that'll be a little bit of a lull. But, yeah, I was wearing number 83, and that's where I get kind of stuck is like, you know, you got to have – we don't have this when we're in spring training, but you got to have a good stage manager or spotter, and you got to have a good PR staff. It's kind of funny. We'll be calling the game in spring training, and we'll get a list of non-roster invitees, and they'll have an idea of what the number might be that goes with the name. But these guys will come in, and all of a sudden, our door, somebody it feels like somebody's breaking our door down, and it's the PR staff, because they'll come <laughs> flying in, and they're like, no, number 97, it's Jose Rodriguez, not Jose Jimenez. You're like, <laughs> you know, they're okay, trying to okay, get it right. It. You know, so you're like, all of a sudden I get you know knocked in the back of the shoulder. And I'm like, oh, I apologize. Wow. That is Jose Ramirez at third base. You know, so, like, so it's kind of funny. It is funny, but it's good for those guys. And that was, oh, you know, so th- those were the highlights of my spring training. Tell me this too. We talked last podcast a little bit about the difference between radio and television. And why are they going to move you back and forth? Is that just coverage? Like, is it... Um, Sparky's not going to be down there, but you, do you, Yeah, this, no, this is, is a, a great question because you said it last time. Do you actually, yes, of course, we talked about visual mm-hmm. versus a different medium, but do you consciously make uh, make an adjustment in what you're describing and how you're yes. calling the game? Nice. 100%. No, I, I totally do. And it's a great- You're such a pro. No, but it, but it's good. It's good practice. It's like doing it this is. podcast with you. It's, it's, 
it's it's repetition, it's experience, it's trying to understand your voice and the cadence and the timing, uh, much like you do on you know you're still learning on TV, but being able to do the radio games because you never know. I mean, there might be opportunities down the road or somebody listening and says, "Oh, I love that guy's voice on radio," whatever. But uh, and you're also trying to provide a good product. You know, there is a certain amount of pride when you're when yep. you're putting this out there. But uh, the fun thing, uh, the interesting thing about doing radio games in spring training, it's it's obviously reps and opportunity for me. But at the same time, I've talked to Robert Ford, who does play by play play by Flava Flav, play by play, and then Steve Sparks, who does the color commentary, and. I talked to them at the end of the 2017 season, and I can only assume that 2022 was the same way. But from the first uh, radio broadcast they had in spring training to game seven of the 2017 World Series, give me an idea how many games you think they called. From 17, just a one full Just season, the year of 2017 from the first oh. game of spring training to game oh. seven of the World Series. Right, so. Because they, they, yeah, they do close. not. I know, but they don't get knocked off like you do. They stop yeah. you and you take vacation. So 140, there's, um, they probably, they have some fill-ins too, but what, you know, we're just going to go. Yeah, not, not their, many. The radio games, right. So 150 plus all the games. I mean, we're, I'll just say short of 200. So like 192 games, something like that. You ready for this? We, Sparky and I laid it out and we talked right. about it. 219 games. Jeez. Oh, right. They spring training. I didn't add spring training. Damn it. Because they don't Should've miss spring that. training games. Isn't that That's crazy right. to think about? No, it's nuts. Yeah. So when, they're, when their radio engineer calls and says, hey. TV guys got it easy, Blummer, man. Oh, dude. We, we, <laughs> get, we get paid more and we work less. I mean, <laughs> this is the greatest job ever. Yeah. It's, it's about this time of the year also where my daughters go, do you still have a job? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like yeah. 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 It's I mean, as job. hard as it is to get a contract, it's pretty good when you do. Yeah, that's right, because you're getting paid. Hey, I have a question then. So give give me one example of like something different. It doesn't have to be a big example, but you know, maybe, you know, I always say when I listen to the NFL on occasion, my daughter's soccer practice, Monday night football, it's yeah. um usually Kurt Warner and um gosh darn it, the guy on NFL radio is great. Uh he does a lot of NBA. I can never remember his name. Anyway, but he's like, all right, they're moving, you know, the Eagles wearing their white uniforms moving left to right, you know, and then, you know, the other team wearing their red uniforms moving right to left. Like, do mm -hmm. you, like, what's your, what do you think the biggest difference is, like, either at the beginning of the game or something that you would do subtly differently without giving away too much secret sauce, you know? Um, The biggest thing that I noticed is, like, you know, pitchers' wind-ups or what they're doing in between pitches. You know, it's like, and you know, it, like Luis Garcia, just for example, on TV, you can see him rocking the baby as he comes through with the delivery. But on radio, you know, you kind of have to be any steps back, first rock, second rock, you know, and then move along. Yeah, but I think one of the funniest it. things is, is uh, you have, <laughs> this This will give you a really good indication of what's going through our minds. When mm -hmm. I'm working with Sparky, we know that nobody can see the game if you're listening yep. to it unless you're sitting in the seats. So that being known, we get a little more creative than most. Of course. And it can be well, cuz you guys are both ball. ex ball players, so it's And we're idiots. Know, let's have yeah, fun. We, with I mean, this, it's like, like, like you and I if you put you and I on a live game, it would be <laughs> it would absolute be hilarity. <laughs> because yeah. it's it's a it's a high foul ball down the right field line. Oh. 
smacks off the hands of that guy holding the hot dog. And then yeah. you just go into like your physical yeah. descriptions. That's right. You say that Ooh, it clinked off his four-year-old's head. And he's like, yeah, what yeah. a bad parent that guy is. You know, yeah, it's like, great. but that's nobody great. can see what's going no. on. So you kind of add a little extra to it. Of course. Yeah. So, and another secret, I try and break TK every once in a while and get him to get out of character. That's like part of my goal on a daily basis. Of course. But Sparky and I try and get each other to, to not be able to talk. Yeah. By laughing or saying yeah. something ridiculous, you know, like, oh, did you see the way he grabbed those balls? You know, it's like, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But that's great. And I think it's funny. And spring training's a little bit different too, right? So the broadcast yeah, is probably not. Yeah. yeah, you're not hitting the, you know, so you can tell the producer, hey, I'm, I'm not hitting my stride yet. Like, oh, yeah, they're rubbing up the balls. Is he rubbing his balls or rubbing their ball? You know, yeah. you're like, okay, let's the key see. to the curveball cage. Yeah, you know, that's it's right. like, whatever. The left-handed you know, batter's box. <laughs> oh, it looks like he's warming up to go into the left-handed batter's box. Like, yeah. The key to the batter's Stuff box. Like they they lost the key to the batter's box. Where is it? Yeah. Um. Anyway, I, that's that's good stuff. I like the rock the baby. I was thinking the same thing because I've heard it before. It's like, all right, you know, he licks his fingers and he goes to his cap. Like those are things that you have to describe. Whereas if you're watching TV, I can see it all right in front yeah, of my it's eyes. Right in front of my eyes. Why are you telling me that? Hey, I almost I just thought of an idea for a bet for the Super Bowl. We can talk Ooh. about it more next podcast because this well, one's Well, you still owe me close. from last year's, I think. I do. I owe you a lot of beer. Six pack. I know that. Okay. I know okay. that. Okay. All right. <sighs> but pile it on. I think whoever loses the bet in the Super Bowl has to watch 80 for Brady. Oh, God. Right. <laughs> How is I that have no desire thing? to watch that. I don't know. <laughs> That's why I was, all of a sudden it just hit me. I'm like, dude, all I right. saw an ad for that. And I'm like, is this real? Is this some kind of like joke yeah. Super Bowl like commercial? I'm like, no, this is real. I might have a real. hard time going through. I, I would – I might lie I want, about. I want you to have the ticket the purchase. I want like a yeah. physical ticket. Oh, I have to go see it in the theater. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Can I bring my AirPods and listen to the Bleacher Blumps <laughs> podcast say, while I, I'm in there? Like, yeah, that's funny. I'm going to be in there. All right, playing there you Tetris go. That's the bet. I'll take it. The Eagles are going to win. All right, I want the eighty for oh. Brady, and you got to take Corey. I'll take Addy, and we'll see. Oh man, yeah, you got to take like a selfie in the theater with the physical oh, ticket. There we go. That's terrible. That's All the, right, the bet. <laughs> what a dumbass movie. No, it's a me. great bet. I know, but it's a great bet because I mean, I'm I'm going to be rooting. No, neither of us. I'm going to be rooting. I'm going to be rooting way harder for the uh, Eagles than I thought. Yeah, all it of a sudden, be. there's incentive. That's right. Cool. All right. Well, why don't we wrap up this football podcast? Who knew you tuned in for the Bleacher right. Blums podcast and you got football talk from beginning to end. Woo. We're looking forward to spring training starting. I'm definitely going to make a journey out to uh, Houston uh, in March. So folks, um, we want to give a shout out to uh, our first responders, military um, around the world, uh, hospital workers, healthcare workers, teachers, I mean, the usual, but anybody that protects us uh, from, you know, the ills that are out there, we want to um, show our respect and our deference to you. And thank you so much for allowing us to do this podcast. Um, you can reach Blummer at Blummer27 on both Instagram and Twitter, myself at Real David Tuttle, Instagram and Twitter. And of course, uh, don't forget to go to Ram Shirts to check out the swag we're working on a new logo hopefully and some other stuff and of course if you're over the age of 45 don't forget to get screened for colorectal cancer plumber let's get after it and believe it that was our seinfeld episode by the way that was the show about nothing it was a lot about nothing yeah. <laughs>
Mortos going, yep. 